The following is a fourth-hand production. In 1966, an unassuming pair of couples went joyriding in the hills of West Virginia. They just thought they were out to have some fun with some friends and escape their hometown of Point Pleasant for a while. They were wrong. The following series of events sparked a national phenomenon that is still alive today, the legend of the Mothman. From the red eyes and the ten-foot wings they claimed to have witnessed that night, to the sightings of the flying man outside the famed Sears Tower in Chicago, this cryptid has permeated the cultural zeitgeist for over 50 years. Is there truly a winged beast flying around the world as the harbinger of doom? Or are these sightings a combination of mass hysteria, military exercises, and really large birds? We grab our binoculars, camera, and Audubon Society membership cards as we go in search of the Mothman next on Hysteria 51. They say I'm disturbed. From city to city, an incredible hysterical panic spread. I think we're getting into a weird area here. Will you tell these fools I'm not crazy? Not crazy. It's hysteria. You can't handle the truth. Truth. This is Hysteria 51. The truth is out there. It's alive. But you won't find it here. They're coming for you. Look, there comes one of them now. Welcome in Hysteria Nation to the podcast that isn't sure who the Mothman is, but we wonder what Christian Bale's been up to. This is Hysteria 51. People need dramatic examples to shake them out of apathy, and I can't do that as Bruce Wayne. As a man, I'm flesh and blood. I can be ignored. I can be destroyed. But as a symbol, as a symbol, I can be incorruptible. I can be everlasting. What symbol? Something elemental, something terrifying. Something winged and moth-like, perhaps? You are amateur. Sorry, that's my Christian Bale, if you ever heard. You well, know. well done. Well done. <laughs> Broadcasting from the lower fourth dimension, otherwise known as Chicago, we're your hosts and head cryptozoologists, Mr. Brent Hand and John Goforth. The idea was to be a symbol. That man could be anybody. That was the point. Anybody or anything, Brent. You can probably see what I'm dancing around here. Is the Mothman really a suited superhero that inspired the comic book and movie legend we've all come to know and love? Is Batman the Mothman? Interesting hypothesis, John. I mean, there are some distinct similarities between the two. They both terrorize people, uh, but they stay in the shadows. Where are you? Here. They both have a very distinct look and use that look to help further their own legend. What gives you the right? What's the difference between you and me? I'm not wearing hockey pants. Neither of them kill immediately, and they use fear and intimidation to get what they want first. Tell me where the trigger is. Then you have my permission to die. Finally, John, they don't identify themselves. They're known through their work. It's not who I am underneath, but what I do that defines me. Exactly, Brent. And for further comparison, we'll need to dive a bit further into the lore of both. For instance... Ugh. Please stop nerding out. As much as I hate to say it, we have a show to get to. That other voice you just heard is the third host of the show, and only member of the team that can make toast with his head. 
conspiracy bot. Brent built Seabot in his lab with spare computer parts and old kitchen appliances in a vain attempt to create a super podcasting machine. <laughs> All he succeeded settled for a podcasting machine. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. All he really succeeded in doing was creating a super letdown. You just don't understand my brilliance. One day you all will, though. Soon. I don't want to know what that means, but it disturbs me. <laughs> I'm going to lie to you. Not nearly as much as I'm going to disturb you. And by disturb, I mean kill. Go Wait, you're, you're going to what? <laughs> kill. I'm going to kill your appetite with this delicious English muffin I toasted. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd eat that at your own risk, Brent. It looks appetizing, but I'm not dumb. And speaking of risk... We're trying out a new guest in the lower fourth. Yeah, yeah. Welcome to the show, Hysteria Nation member, Mr. Ray Walden. Hey. hey, guys. How are you doing? I'm fucking living the dream. Look at me. Come on now. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you guys didn't tell me Seabot was a uh, life source employee. The hell you life source? What are, you, what are you talking about? Yeah, he uh, he had me donate blood downstairs. Oh, shit. Uh, um, you, you didn't do it, though, right? Like, yeah, you didn't like let him. I told you, I, let yourself in and come upstairs. I mean... It was a lot of blood, but I feel if I... How many, how many, how many pints did he ask you for? <laughs> you know what? All joking aside, I did notice that I had a charge for leeches on my credit card. <laughs> I'm starting to, yeah. Yeah, there was no needles. It was, it was animals. I'm like, oh, this is cool. Don't judge me. I need specimens. Yeah, so, well, number one, your DNA is going to show up on many crime scenes. I'm just going to let you yeah, know. Yeah, I, I mean. For whatever reason, your your blood and, and Joe Peck's hair is going to be all over the place. This isn't like some cool thing that he's doing, like where he's going to make replicants or clones. No, it's pretty cool. I'm going to get lots of cool shit for free. <laughs> he's literally going to go and and commit various crimes and leave your leave your blood at the scene. <laughs> this this guy just keeps stealing our shit and bleeding all over the place. It's the <laughs> damnedest thing. He must be tripping a Does lot. Does he have wheels? He must be handicapped. He says there's <laughs> wheels everywhere. <laughs> the one but, but they look like tank tread. Yeah, it's the weirdest thing. The one shitty thing is, you know when they give you snacks? He gave me a open box of cookies, and I went inside. It was empty. That fucker. <laughs> He's already dosed that, everyone that, else. Yeah, that, that's probably for your best. That's bet. pretty much par for the course. Now, guys, <sighs> guys, I mentioned earlier, uh, Batman. Uh, I was watching a documentary not that long ago that I, I wasn't too familiar with. Uh, this this story, you know, everyone. If you say who created Batman, everyone yeah. says Bob Kane, right? Well. Bill pull my finger might 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 shake. That's finger, exactly right. right, Bill Finger. I didn't know much about this story, and, and the, there's this other creator of Batman that really came up with the design and the idea and the concept. And Bob Kane just kind of took it, and ran with it, and, nope. and then mostly says, "No, nope, never heard of him." Yeah, yeah, that happens a lot when you look at like a lot of superheroes, even like designs for things. And one of the great things about Stan Lee is he was the one to go, "Hey, Jack Kirby came up with this with me," even though he came up with concepts for stuff. Kirby would be the one to draw them and flesh them out. So a lot of your favorite superheroes in the Marvel universe are co-designed because they, you know, weren't you know psycho fart heads that wanted all the the credit to themselves. If you want to if you want to learn more about Bill Finger and his well his his neglect in the comic book world. I mean the guy died penny, penniless. Yeah, uh, in the uh, late 90s, right? Yeah, uh, uh I think that that sounds right. Um it's all on this documentary. It's available on Amazon right now like if you have Amazon Prime, Amazon Video, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh it's called Batman and Bill. Uh, it's, it's it's a really good documentary. It's also Check it a out. Really, really low budget porno. If uh, if you go to the wrong streaming service, 
That was my mistake once. Uh, it's when you're on Batman you, and Bill the Plumber. When what? you're on YouPorn, do not search yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. But we're not here to talk about the Batman Hour or Bob Kane or Bill Finger. We're here to talk about Mothra. Mothra. No, not Mothra. Mothman. <laughs> but my favorite. You just did that so you could Mothra. sing that. Mothra. Mothra. Do you know? Have, have you ever? Do you even know what Mothra is, Ray? I'm going to shake my head yes and just Yeah, he does not. It is a it, yeah. one of the good guys in the Godzilla universe. Right. Mothra, Mothra. And they had the tiny little Asian women that would sing that song and he would come. And anything that's tiny little Asian women, <laughs> I am. <laughs> you didn't even mean sometimes, to do that. Sometimes it just comes out. <laughs> you just didn't even mean to do The one time he didn't mean to be dirty. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Tell you though, we're not here for Mothra. We're here for Mothman. It is one of the cryptids that people love to talk about, and we happen to live in his new adopted home, Chicago Land, because uh, he's 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 roosted. If that's something they do, he's, he's got a nest. Yeah, yeah. So like like we've been talking Either that about... or or uh, Caterpillar Man. <laughs> just <laughs> and he'll be changing just soon awesome. enough. Awesome, right, and we right, got our right. new Mothman here. So like we've been talking about Brent Ray. We're talking about Mothman tonight, and we did enumerate the similarities between Batman and Mothman in the opening, but the the difference is that Mothman, not in fact a superhero. Depends on your definition of superhero, but go on. True, but not known as superhero, but a lot of people will tell you he is the the harbinger of doom, but he's a warning. He, 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 right, he doesn't do it himself. Yeah. Uh, but he's also a cryptid. It's funny because they call him Mothman, but everyone says he has bat wings. Yeah, yeah, good point. It's a moth. What do you look like? A bat. <laughs> what? Uh, as a refresher, kids, let's talk about cryptids. The term cryptid stems from the study of such beings, which is called cryptozoology. Yes, yes. It is- One of the hardest PhDs to send away for. <laughs> yeah, mine was like $2,000. Yeah, well, that- you overpaid, my friend. Uh, so uh, cryptozoology is a pseudoscience that aims to prove the existence of entities from the folklore record, such as Bigfoot or Chupacabra, as well as animals otherwise considered I- extinct, like uh, Megalodon. I take a little bit of offense to that, and I'll tell you why. Please. Pseudoscience means it's it's complete BS. There are a lot of people that are out It doesn't to, mean that. Well, okay. It means that it's Brand, not accepted by the traditional scientific. You're exactly. And they look at it and they will poo-poo on it. But there are a lot of people that are trying to prove things like, one of my favorite, the thylacine, the Tasmanian tiger, was labeled extinct for logging contracts through Australia. And it was not actually extinct and people still see it today. Those people would technically be cryptozoologists when really they're trying to show that the government is evil and th- these things are out there. But then as long got, as like, they're in the group that's also trying to prove that the chupacabra is real, that it's going to be called a pseudo You're exactly right. I'm just saying there are outliers and, and offshoots of it that, you know, it wasn't that long ago that people were looking for the cryptid, the panda bear. Oh, Believe yeah, not, no, you know? there's no question about that, that those exist. We've talked about that on this show mm-hmm. before, it's whether it be the giant it's squid. It, it's funny because it's not just the yetis and stuff. Like that. It's also extinct animals that people look for. One guy and looked for a, an group, extinct peck, woodpecker for years and years, and he found it last year. Think about how that guy's like, what? <laughs> Also, ah! also, don't search that on you, porn. Yeah, right. Um, he also found Joe Peck, unfortunately. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, um, Who also if, frequents if the woods. If they didn't want to be classified with that, it's almost like they would need to not be cryptozoology. They, they like, yeah. give them a different name or well, something. And, and I, I don't think they call themselves that. I think just, you know. Assholes like us do. Yes, yes, yeah. exactly. Uh, so tonight's topic, though, definitely falls more in that folklore category. Yeah, Mothman, a.k.a. Baxter Stockman. <laughs> 
Wait, wait, no, I, I'm sorry. It's coming. I'm being told. I'm being told that's not true. Baxter Stockman was a fly man created in Dimension X by the evil Krang. Okay, I got that. Now the qu- question: When so my bad? When they created Stockman, all you they, do is you have a you have a, a disintegrator. Well, um, no, and, no, 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 no. You just have a scientist have sex with Jeff Goldblum, and it makes a fly man. Oh, well, that's a different type. Um, no, <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> the the when when Baxter Stockman was was created into the being that he became in Dimension X. They put him in a disintegrator, but the the problem was a fly also went in there. Here's my question. They're inside of that big uh, uh, technodrome. Orb, technodrome that Krang built. How did a fly get there? Easy. Ventilation. It happened because so of the... So Dimension X has breathable air that has flies running yeah, around? Yeah, it's it? just another dimension. I mean, it was a But it's special... all red. Guess what? It's not got the yellow or white sun like we have it's got a red sun i just thought they bought pink that was red to just cover it all over maybe maybe got a deal you know (laughs) maybe got a deal at dimension x boy what 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 is the uh dutch boy Dimension x boy you know and and then they they like the shade the hue well kids the actual mothman is a creature first reported in the point pleasant area of west virginia in 1966 now if you go watch um long form documentaries on the mothman they will certainly point throughout history there are are. they will certainly point throughout history of other instances where people have claimed to see a winged creature this is Um, the the, but we're gonna go with this is the beginning of the modern tale and they can actually pinpoint it to a date november 12th 1966 five grave diggers were digging a grave near a cemetery in Clendenin, West Virginia, and they claim to see a man-like figure uh, flying low from the trees over their heads, and this is, for all intents and purposes, the first known sighting of what has now become known as Mothman. But there's actually a more well-known, uh, quote-unquote, first sighting that act- that happened three days later. The McClintic Wildlife Management Area sighting. It think, rolls off the tongue. Don't you think the name, the, the folks that named that area when they McClintic, okay, you're named after somebody. I get it. Well, it sounds a lot better than "Oops, we fucked up this area with toxic waste. Don't go here." Area. Well, yeah, I'd true, go there. How about wildlife <laughs> oh. refuge? Yeah. Well, how about rather than wildlife management area? It yeah. sounds. It sounds like a resume builder. Yeah. I was in charge of the wildlife management area. Yeah. What, what did I, you do there? Don't worry about it. I make I sure manage. the cranes don't eat the mutagen. <laughs> Which you'll understand when we get further into the story. And this is the beginning of Moth Mania. Actually, no, you don't have to get that far into the story. I'll tell you right now. You you want large mutant birds because that's how you get large mutant birds. So during World War II, the area was used to manufacture and store explosives and munitions. That's fun. And in the 80s, it was found that byproducts of those explosives had critically contaminated the land. Not just contaminated, but they critically Critically. contaminated. And people speculate that this contamination mutated local birds into what has become Mothman? This, this, this is the only problem with this that. crane that they have there. Here's my problem with that. The same uh, the problem that if they someone tried to say Bruce Banner was a real person, I would have. Okay, that many gamma rays would just kills a son of a bitch. And everyone and- knows that if you do get mutated like that, the first thing you do is 
clap your wings together and go, you fools! <laughs> and and no one has ever said that he's done that, so I don't buy it. So and they, were, know, they were building bombs here. It yeah. wasn't like it wasn't like they had uh, a, a nuclear reactor. They were just building regular old bombs. There's gunpowder and a bunch of other stuff. Well, Somehow that stuff gets into the drinking supply, and they uh, the the birds or whatever drink it, and they 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 morph. Now not at that time, but sometimes they used depleted uranium to make these shells. So to go well, they weren't making rail guns in the '60s. We don't need not rail guns, but I'm saying like they could have been working with that with. I don't know when they stopped. All right, so let's it. say they were. They, they were using depleted uranium. Depleted uranium isn't going to make a super bird either. It's you just going to kill the motherfucker. Are you sure? We're, yeah. We're talking about one right now. <laughs> well, wait. Are we talking about Too a bird shit. or a moth? Yeah, right. Because. Well, I mean, it, it's a moth with bat wings. So, I mean, let's let's we're splitting hairs here. Also, how do you know it's a man? Yeah. No, 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 one, no one said it's all stuff. Uh well, obviously, you're, you haven't heard. I'm glad you asked. I'm glad you asked because there were two couples there that particular evening that will tell you exactly what it looked like. In uh, in 1966, the area was a popular destination for local young people. And on November 15th. That means they like to go necking. Yeah. <laughs> these folks were actually married. So they, they kept the love going. They kept the flame alive. Mm-hmm. Um, on November 15th. They put on their favorite music. This is going to be a thing, isn't it? Um, so on November 15th, 1966, which is three days after those yeah. uh, those grave diggers, grave digger. <laughs> two couples, Steve and Mary Mallet and Linda and Roger Scarberry, which is a great name. What's your name? Scarberry. Scarberry. Roger Scarberry. We're joyriding around in Roger's 57 Chevy. And eventually, they were on their way to this remote hangout spot. Right, right. Perfect party time, apparently. Yeah, yeah right? exactly. Absolutely. Two couples. So when they got there, they suddenly saw two large red eyes reflected from the light of the car's headlights. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say they saw a gray man-like winged creature. They said that the creature didn't run, but wobbled like it couldn't keep its balance when it was on its feet. <laughs> they said the creature was about six or seven feet tall, with wings folded against its back, half man Half monster. Uh, and the, the woman even said, you could see muscles in its legs. That's funny because when they talk about Patty, the, the Zabruder film of the the Bigfoot, one of the big things that they talk about how that they find it to be incredibly at least realistic is you can see the striation of muscles when she walks. And here we are, another cryptid. And they're talking about how I could see the muscle definition. I think she was saying it more like, ooh. Mm. Oh, you can see the you can muscles. see the muscle of his third leg. Yeah, she she wanted another uh, party goer for that party. Now we know that this wasn't a uh, a movie. So Ray, real Ray life. is calling the spotters swingers. Yeah, is what he's yeah. saying. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know what? It's a fifties. No, it, what everyone knows, everyone was banging everyone in the fifties. <laughs> it's the sixties, boys. Oh, that's You're true. Right. I fucked a 57 up. Fifty-seven Chevy. Well, you know, give us a couple bucks, we'll we'll keep you on the show. <laughs> so so we, here's the thing, though. The, you know it's not a movie because instead of going, let's check it out, they hightailed it out of there and got back on Route 62. But then they spotted it again on a hill by a large billboard. What does it do? It spreads its wings straight out and shoots straight up in the air. That Turns out so it was a Count say. Chocula billboard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they, they just got it wrong. No. Uh, and then they went on a straight stretch of road and got to over 100 miles an hour 
and the creature Which, was able this to was keep up with them. This was in 1966, 100 miles an hour in today's terms, 263 miles an hour. Like inflation. Yeah. yeah I get it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, they couldn't get away from it. They could also hear the wings hitting the top of the car as they drove. It's even said to have left a scratch mark on Roger's 57 they Chevy. They took some guy putting up a new billboard, and he's on the top of the car. Fucking stop! Stop! <laughs> I'm stuck to the roof of the car! And here's how you know that the story is bullshit. I'm, I'm calling it right now. Inconceivable. Because we've, you all know that if you're in a 57 Chevy, right. you could run into a tank and the tank limps away and the 57 Chevy, like, oh, you know what? I maybe, believe maybe that. a little chip, maybe a little chip paint. The no. Mothman's not going to scratch a 57 so, Chevy. Side note good. here. Oh. This is really interesting. Uh, a couple years ago, they took like a 1950s Impala and they crash it into like a Prius. And you will crap the Prius completely destroyed the 50s Impala because it's all just steel and stuff. But I thought the, I thought modern day cars were meant to crumple. They only crumple into small zones. Those cars just disintegrated. And Google this when you're done. It is just it is crazy. And they were talking about how they said, oh, can we land on him and cripple it in Back to the Future? And he's like, he shut us like a tin can. No. Like, literally, modern-day cars, they hit old cars. The old cars just get destroyed. Modern-day cars, yeah, you can go fix it. So not it. only are you ruining my joke, you're also ruining most people's childhood. Thank yes, you. You're and, welcome. And also, for those that are around my era, that was his best. What era is that? He's Don't seven. worry about it. He's seven. So, tell the kids at home. He's seven years uh, old. So you're you're in your 20s. Is yeah, that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So a little younger than us. I don't even know that he's a millennial. He would be a... A zennial? Uh, yeah, whatever they are. Yeah, yeah. I don't so, identify as that. Just saying, I'm going to walk away. The other thing that they that they said is, you know, they they left scratch marks. They also said it squealed like a big mouse, which I think I would do too if I was stuck on the top of someone's car <laughs> going 100 miles an hour. Ah, let me yeah. out! They were only able to get away from the Mothman when they reached the edge of Point Pleasant, and the creature disappeared, veering off into a field as they went into town. So the couples continued going to town, as you do when you're getting, you know, chased by something like that. They stopped the local dairy land as they tried to figure out what to do next. Whenever I need to figure out what to do next, I need a good soft serve. That's true. So Linda suggested they go to the police, but Steve and Roger thought they'd just laugh at them and wanted to go back and make sure that the thing was still there first. And the group ended up being too afraid to do so, so they just turned around. And as they're turning around, boys, they see a large dead dog laying in the road, which was gone when they looked at it again later. Yeah, they went back by. It's gone. So according to the couples, the winged creature jumped out as they passed where the dead animal was, went over the top of the car, went through the field on the other side. Hell of a lot of sightings there for some people that were just trying to swing. I mean, maybe it was just maybe Mothman was... Night job was a security guard for the the wildlife yeah. management. Yeah, he just cleaned up that dead dog, and they're getting in his way. They <laughs> do defi- couples. They they do define uh, decide to go to the police. And, they finally yeah. they finally listen to the women, and they recounted the story, and they described the creature as flying man with ten foot wings following the car. Now, see, that's interesting to me too. When whenever you read descriptions about the Mothman, it's generally six seven foot tall. Yeah, but generally ten to twelve foot wings, right? Mm-hmm. You don't normally think of wingspan being so much longer than the height of a of an animal. Well, you do though, and so like turkey vultures that populate Point Pleasant, which stand what a foot or two. Uh, I looked this up. They have a six to seven foot wingspan. Oh no, but I'm talking specifically about cryptids. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. My bad. Yeah, my yeah. bad. It's okay. It's all right. <laughs> Look at condors. Condors have a, what is it? A twelve foot wingspan, and they stand about three feet tall. So what? 
Yeah, so we have condors at the at the at the zoo here, and they have the longest. Here, let me look it up real quick. Hold on, I'm sorry. Eleven feet. It's eleven feet. Um, I, I looked it up. They have it. They have at the condor exhibit at the the zoo here. They have like the shadows of like larger birds, and you can go up and put your arms next to it. And it's got the condor and an eagle and a hawk and blah blah. blah. But men. Men's wingspan, if you hold your arms out, like the old Michael Jordan poster. It's usually around your height. It's around your yeah, height. And yeah. this is the moth man. Now, boxers, sometimes the best boxers are those ones with the crazy arms that are like six, seven inches longer than their height. And that's how. You but that's, know, my, that's, that's a great. That, thank you. Uh, six or seven inches longer is crazy longer yeah. than, than their height, right? Mm. Uh, this we're talking double. But yeah. okay, but look at Angel from the X Men. How long are his wings? I mean, uh, I, I, I think you're great. Your point generate is proven. that kind of lift, John. We're going to need some wings. Good, I wonder if they're hollow proven. boned or have just regular bones. And if they have like a large pizza for dinner, can they like not fly home? <laughs> oh, man, I ate too much. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. So the police go out, as you do when you're an officer and you, you know, and you get this kind of report. And they went out with them and they didn't see the creature. And the officer did describe strange static coming over the radio that they couldn't explain though. So they were getting something, but, uh, but no, no creature. Strange static tends to pop up a lot in these stories. Yes, very much so. In the unexplainable strange static. And the witnesses said they're sitting in their car while the cops are doing this and they see weird shadows circling and a cloud of dust kicks up from a, an adjacent coal yard. These people are seeing shit everywhere. And so the following day, Sheriff George Johnson holds a press conference, as you do, to if discuss the sighting. If that isn't a 60s small-town sheriff right? name, I've never heard one. So what do they do? The local press begins printing the story, and they name the creature Mothman. And based on the comic book character Batman, who had just gotten a television series at the time, Steve Mallet told the local newspaper, we understand people are laughing at us. We wouldn't make all of this up just to make us look like fools. Uh, uh, pardon me. Pardon me. Sheriff. Sheriff. Okay. I'm, I'm writing here. I'm, I'm with the local Gazette. Uh, can you tell me, uh, did you say that the, that the, the man looked like a, a moth? Well, you heard me right. I said it. I, I don't believe it, but that, I, I said it. It, it, it looked like a moth. Yeah. It was, it was black with red eyes, had bat wings, and it was terrifying, just like a moth. <laughs> because that's just not uh, that not making sense to us everything you've described doesn't sound like a moth at all right and these people not to be outdone they keep going back they find odd looking tracks resembling don't argue with me two horseshoes put together but smooth and steve says he saw something fly up inside a boiler when the door was kicked open but no one stayed long enough to investigate how big is that boiler right I mean, like, if you're if you're assuming that he's implying that it was the Mothman, mm-hmm. we we know the size of the Mothman now and the wingspan. We've been over that. How big was that boiler to let that son of a to spread those yeah. wings to fly? Oh, oh, think about it. to spread the. Uh, how big is that boiler to spread those wings to fly? We just went over the fact that it's a twelve foot wingspan. True, but as we're gonna find out, he doesn't need to flap his wings to fly. He vertical takes off like he's jumping. Ooh, tell so, me more. Yeah. Before we get into more descriptions of them, John, there's Mothman mania. During the next few days, people have similar sightings, including two volunteer firemen who said they saw what looked like a large bird with red eyes. And the Mason County Sheriff George Johnson. Yeah, we'll call that we'll call that a Mothman sighting, right? Uh, well, no, no, it was just a bird with red eyes. Nope, it was the Mothman. Move along. And he, the sheriff, again commented that he believed the sightings were due to unusually large heron. He termed shite poke. 
and they were in the area and people were just mis you know misidentifying. Then he got this contractor, Newell Partridge, and he told the sheriff that when he aimed a flashlight at the creature in a nearby field, its eyes glowed like bicycle reflectors and he blamed buzzing noises from his television set and the disappearance of his German shepherd on the creature. So again, like you said, you're getting this weird feedback coming through the radios and such. No, no, he shined a really bright light at a creature in the field next to his house. Did he ever stop and think maybe that was the German shepherd? And and all those shots he took at it might have just uh, hey I can't find my I can't find my damn German shepherd anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what the mouth band sounds like. It's <laughs> <laughs> damnedest thing. <laughs> All told, over the course of 13 months, there were over 100 eyewitness reports and over 200 people claimed to have seen it. 100 came forward to the police. And at one point, various weapon-clad posses formed and combed the desert. We ain't found shit. No, when they combed the area, they didn't find it. They were going to kill it. Didn't find it. Kill it! Oh, kill it with fire! Everyone flee! What, that's what you do. <laughs> that's what you do. Someone's got it. I mean... There is no way of, um, you can't shoot at it because it's explosive, probably. We, we got two missing dogs. Kill it with extreme prejudice. Extreme pre- <laughs> But that isn't all. When we come back from break, we're going to go to first break here. We're going to talk something very sad, a bridge collapse, and the Mothman and other disasters, and Richard Gere without anything in his butt. Coming up on Hysteria 51. Uh, well, have you ever said it? Hola, David. Me amo Brent. Bonjour, uh, Brent. Je m'appelle David. You didn't do Spanish. I thought if we were going to do this together, we'd do the same language. Oh, sorry. <laughs> that's uh, that's on brand for us. I that, I, I just thought romance languages was yeah. the key. Everything I say is romantic, and that is thanks to Rosetta Stone. <laughs> you guys, we, we've been touting these things forever. We love Rosetta Stone. We actually are users. David, you've really been using it even for longer than I. What's your experience been like? Oh, it's been great. The thing is, uh, you really get to learn how to speak and think in that language with it. So it's very high on pronunciation, too. So <laughs> you can, you know, learn how to speak. And, you know, our show is all about proper pronunciation. <laughs> in that pronunciation. Yeah, that's right. But it's it, they design it for long-term retention, you know. It, and yeah. Uh, if you don't get the pronunciation right, you, you say it until you do. And then, you know, that, that just seeps into your head. Well, and that's why, you know, this has been trusted by experts for 30 years and there's over 25 different languages that you can learn and people, millions and millions of users use it because like you said, it does seep in and you're using it with, you know, you get speech recognition and Mm -hmm. it, it hears you. You get to use like the built in true accent features that gives you this pronunciation, which is super convenient and you can do it at your own time. And I don't know if you can know this, but I'm all about value. And you get a one-time purchase, 25 languages. If I learned all 25 languages, I'd be so confused or really cool. <laughs> I'd go in and out. But you'd be real marketable. But literally, though, this is something that we use. And we have both of us have given the seal of approval because we want to do this long term. And uh, it's something that uh, it works. You know, and we don't yeah. we don't do long term um, stuff like this. And this is this is the one that we've chosen, and we love it. So, all you guys got to do don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now, as we've told you a thousand times, and it's always now. Right now, get now. started for very limited time. Hysteria Fifty One listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for fifty percent off. How much? Fifty percent. Visit Rosetta Stone 
dot com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your unnatural life. Wow. Redeem, redeem, redeem. How do they do it? Rashate, you're oh. 50% off. <laughs> Rashate. <laughs> redeem it. 50% off. RosettaStone.com slash today. Do it today. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when Brent and I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, we thought, man, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. Brent is trying to plan right now and says that it works like a charm from Chicago to Nashville as he makes his big old move. Mint Mobile is working for him. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. And you can use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. So ditch the overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash hysteria. That's mintmobile, M-I-N-T-M-O-B-I-L-E dot com slash hysteria, H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash hysteria. $45 upfront payment required. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I think is that just, three? How many we're going to get to, you think? I, I mean, I'm hoping that it's a plethora. Why did you stop? I was... Uh, you were, you hey, Seabot, come over here. You still have that shocker, right? Could you could you shock him every time he does it? Damn, not me. <laughs> See, I got him trained. I don't discriminate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, Nation, we are back, and we're talking about Mothman, and we're still in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Point Pleasant... Also a town, not just a weird tooth or mid-2000s TV show that was yeah. canceled after one season. Yeah, not, not to be confused. That show came after the cancellation of its predecessor, True Calling. They thought, these guys are so good, let's try it again. Let's, let's, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Not so much. So we're in Point Pleasant, and, and this is this is uh, uh, the next year. This is 1967. And so the main 13 road... 13 months, to be exact. 13, thank you. The main road in Point Pleasant led straight out of town and onto the Silver Bridge. Yeah. And at 5 p.m., 5.05 p.m., to be exact, on December 15th, 1967, exactly 13 months, as you mentioned, Brent... November after- 5th, 1955! Five. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, no, no, December 15th, 1967. 13 months after the first Mothman sighting, the bridge was full of cars and it collapsed. Huge, huge catastrophe. It falls to the water below. 46 die. Uh, 44 were found. Two bodies never found. Yeah, nine were injured. Yeah. It, it, and it it, was, at the time, it was the worst bridge accident in American I, history. I believe it still is. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I didn't see anything. Uh, let's say no. I worse. will never quote you on anything. I, me neither. Uh, I'll let Huggin post it at next. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think the Minneapolis one a few years ago 
Oh, did he did, eclipse it? I I think so. Well, I can don't call me on that either. Well, I'm post. sure Mothman was there. Walden, W A L D E N. Just in case you guys didn't know, <laughs> uh, to, whether or not it still is, it was awful. And to add insult to injury, the tragedy happened on the coldest day of the yeah, year. Yeah, these people fall into the water, and it is not fun. So that's, I mean, a, another reason they couldn't be be saved. So of course, when something happens like this, the government's going to step in. So the Department of Transportation they conduct a detailed investigation. And they find that the cause of it was a small 0.1 inch deep defect on a steel pin eye bar on the bridge that was made wrong. 0.1 inch deep defect. That's it. Not to mention that it was poorly maintained for many years and it should have had the amount of traffic that it, that it had on there it wasn't designed for it. So a whole lot of circumstances yeah. led to this. Uh, so this was actually the impetus for the government to uh, put in, in place uh, standardized bridge inspection protocols. Right. And so the thing is, when they're talking to these people, all of a sudden people say they had sightings of Mothman. They occurred on the bridge right before the incident. And one of the main pictures when you look up Mothman, they love to have the old bridge and him on it. That is not real. And someone that, added that. that, you is, know. Uh, that but, yeah. but that's one of the, the ones. Photo, that, Photoshop uh, warriors of the Internet at their finest. So these, these, these sightings come out and the rumors start and eventually spread that the bridge collapse was connected to Mothman in some way. And he could have been a warning or like a dark premonition, you know, and it was the beginning of the Mothman being associated with an omen of doom. If, and, you've, ever, if you've ever seen the movie, uh, The Mothman Prophecies, mm-hmm. uh, with, with the pretty woman himself, yeah. Richard Gere, uh, you might remember Speaking the- Speaking cor- of squealing mouse-like noises, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Gerbil, let's get it right. Oh, that's right. Uh, <laughs> you you might remember the collapse of the, it was the silver bridge yeah. at the end. Uh, the sightings and the collapse inspired the fictional book and subsequent movie. What are you doing here? Somehow between one and two thirty, I traveled four hundred miles. I've got no memory. Past few months, people have been coming up to me and reporting strange things. Weird lights, strange phone calls. Hello. Who is this? What do you do when someone comes into your office and tells you they saw this in their backyard? My wife saw some true pictures. They're just like this. Who showed you this? I don't know what that is. One day I started hearing voices. The voices became messages. It was right here. All I could see were these two red eyes. You might you might say they took some liberties yeah. with the story. Here's the funny thing though, or interesting thing. Right after the bridge collapse, sightings in Point Pleasant. They stopped. People stopped seeing the Mothman, giving the opportunity for Mothman legend to reappear around the world. And Chicago, you know. Uh, uh, but before we get to Chicago, there were four various disasters yep. throughout the world. He's been busy. Were allegedly preceded by Mothman sightings. And this is all from a very reputable website, theportalist.com. I'm sure that the portalist will be quoting us someday as a history group. I, I, I very much so. I, I'm not taking anything away from it. Here's it's a, just, it looks like an awesome website. Here, here's a, here's a big one. Chernobyl. Chernobyl. Yeah. Supposedly a bizarre winged creature was seen flying over the nearby town of Pripyat. On numerous occasions, and a few yeah, workers... Yeah, that was the closest town to the Chernobyl uh, yeah. power plant. And go look at Pripyat now. It looks like a horror movie well, actually, gone wrong. Don't you go do it because you'll die of radiation you can, poisoning. No, you can actually go there. You can spend a short amount of time there without getting sick. So they do okay. tours. Now, you know what I mean by yeah, like, like 10 seconds. No, 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 no. That's not that bad. But you can go there and tour it for a few hours and they do that. And it is crazy. Now they have what they call the sarcophagus over 
uh, the reactor and stuff. So it's still irradiated for like the next ten thousand years. But you can. This walk is a se- this is a completely separate uh, point. But have you ever seen the picture of the reactor after meltdown with a couple uh, a couple scientists around it, uh, like taking readings? Yeah, they like they don't have helmets on and stuff. They like everyone in that picture died. So I watched this. Oh, yeah. I watched a documentary on Chernobyl, and it was about the workers who worked on it, and they said, no matter what happens, you are covered. Like we're going to take care of you medically and stuff like that. And a lethal. Someone said ten seconds. A lethal dose was six seconds of exposure. And you were going to die. And these guys, some of them spent days there and it was horrific. And they handed out these, these, these papers like you're covered and you're covered comrade. They didn't. These guys fucking melted. Their bodies just disintegrated and they showed pictures of like this guy, his pelvis is just exposed the bone and he's dying. And they're coming to the, the, the people of the government and they're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Nope. They just they just sacrificed all these people and then just gave them a big F you. If they'd been paying attention, flying overhead was Mothman. And uh, the workers at Chernobyl allegedly saw the same creature hovering over the plant. Even stranger, those who have claimed to have seen the creature were reportedly plagued by nightmares and harassed by incessant threatening phone calls thereafter. Right. Many claimed the creature resembled a man-like bird with red eyes. Yeah. Sounds familiar. And some came to refer to it as the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Yeah, now was the Blackbird of Chernobyl the same creature that we saw prior to the Silver Bridge? Or was it, as some suggested, merely a rare black stork? <sighs> well, it just became more rare. I don't know, <laughs> because we're jumping to 9-11. Now, following the terrorist attack at the World Trade Center on September 11th, 2001, of course, rumors came that, guess what? Mothman was flying around. Now, witnesses reported seeing a large crane-like figure in the vicinity of the towers five days prior to the attack. And it had been 31 years since any such sightings of Mothman in North America. Boom. They have a sighting come in. They say, now I'm going to tell you that's horse crap because we've had a lot of them in Chicago pre that, but that's the big one that they're going to come back. And then the day of the horrific attack, guess what? Mothman was reported to have appeared again. Some even saw they saw his face in the clouds of smoke and debris. I thought that was the devil. I saw that one, too, in World Weekly News, the devil's face or, you know, Osama bin Laden's face. Somehow he triggered those explosives. I guess he worked with the Chinese fireworks people. But did we know. did we see Hitler's face? Nine, 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 nine. Oh, OK. He wasn't there. Never mind. <laughs> no. Then he got speaking of bridge collapses, the I-35 West bridge collapse. Freakishly uh, enough, the one this is the one you were talking yeah, about. Right? Freakishly yeah, yeah. enough. Uh, another sighting of Mothman and a rush hour on the bridge, Interstate 35, Minneapolis, Minnesota. 13 people died. Ha <laughs> ha. Not exactly. Ray was wrong. 145 were injured, though. So a lot more were injured. And there's reports trickled in that moth like figure started appearing near the bridge about a month prior to the collapse. Hey, Ray, why do you hate West Virginia so much? I mean, you're, you're saying that the 46 lives in West Virginia yeah. weren't worth the 13 in uh, in Minnesota. Explain yourself, Ray. Yeah, that's what we thought. Yeah, I that's suck at what math. We thought. You heard it. You heard it here first. I suck at math. That's yep. Ray Walden. W A L D E N. Skeptics dismissed the creature as a large heron or crane. Some people said, "Nope, it's Mothman," and they again said this is paranormal activity rather than a cryptid. He's paranormal. He arrives to tell people impending doom. 
And you know he's trying to he's trying to help you guys, and you're just throwing rocks at him and screaming and running away. All he is is giving everyone a warning, and he did it again in Mexico, Brent, mm-hmm. on April tenth, two thousand nine. Residents of La Junta in the Mexican state of Chihuahua began noticing. Love your a, cheese and dogs. Yes, uh, began. I'd re- uh, but I don't want to eat both. I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, they began noticing a strange creature in their midst. He was very tall and hairy, with two expansive wings and wide bloodshot eyes. Mm. I mean, without the without the wings, I mean, they're just describing Joe Pack. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so young kids start reporting that the creature chased him. Those were 15 minutes of maximum despair. The kid said, who chose to remain anonymous during the interview, as all. You know, great stories are, oh, it's anonymous, but, you know, he was chased by it. But during this same time that they're seeing him, the swine flu started to go on the uptick, leading to a 2009 outbreak. That kid was about to pick up the swine flu, and he's like, get out of here, scat, scat. You know, he got him away from me. He was just saving his life. <laughs> he was just trying to help. Yeah. Two other witnesses by the names of Angela Mendez and Viviana Ledesma claim to have heard the creature in an apple orchard near Minaka Cemetery. Some believers theorize that the creature terrifying the residents of Chihuahua was, in fact, the Mothman. I mean, why wouldn't it be? Come on now. You know, it, it's it only makes sense. Every now and then, even the Mothman wants to go on a nice vacation. All right. Yeah. So it's time for a quick break. When we come back, Mothman in the Windy City, our stomping ground. And not to be outdone, an explanation from the military, the real military, the U.S. military, and our thoughts on this glorified turkey vulture next on Hysteria 51. <laughs> a whole segment without you singing that song? No. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. And the reprise. Mothman! Oh, it changed Mothman! Little Asian women screaming Mothman! Damn it, Seabot, not me. It's supposed to be friends. <laughs> there's, no, there's no Ray you ask before you make a joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> So, Brent, we have gotten to the part of the story that you have been itching for since we, we even discussed doing this topic. It's more of a burning than an itching, I, if I had to, <laughs> to to put my finger on it. But, yeah, we can go with I'm gonna that. Ask, I'm going to ask Producer Lisa about that. Mothman in Chicago. The breakdown of this is great because there is this website called SingularFortian.com, and they just have collected over the years all the sightings of Mothman in the Windy City. I'm excited. Now, the, the funny thing about it is, and you said the first Mothman in 30-some years. Oh, nay. No, 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 no. They go back all the way to 1981. Cicero, right next door, right outside of Chicago. Well, that, that my math would my math would check out then. Thirty something years in two thousand one goes back to the uh, to the seventies. What do you say? Math bomb dropped everybody. Is it? What did you You're say? Talking to the wrong guy. I, uh, they they said, said thirty something years. years. I thought it was thirty nine years. Thirty something years in two thousand one. Thirty one years in two thousand one. They said there hadn't been a sighting in North America in thirty one years. Oh, and you're saying this one has one that was in. Not to be outdone by those those New Yorkers is what I'm getting at. Uh, Chicago had their first 
recorded Mothman sighting way back in Cicero in 1981 when a 13-year-old had an intense psychic encounter with a red-eyed winged being, which, I mean... <laughs> Who hasn't had that happen? They, they actually don't count that one because it was in Cicero. Cicero! <laughs> uh, Cicero! Damn it, Seabot, not again. <laughs> so that was that was um, a, a Cicero joke. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, 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 no, that I've was a, that was a Mothra joke. No, so here's the thing. There's over 50 reports of Mothman in Chicago in 2017 alone, which makes you think... Uh, either we're headed towards doom, but Chicago always has something terrible happening. So maybe he's just like, I'm just going to fly every day because something bad's going to happen. <laughs> like, come on now. And the counts, they are varied from large black bat-like being with glowing red eyes to a big owl or something that resembled a gothic gargoyle or just saying, hey, I saw the Mothman. Gothic gargoyle, th- th- that's actually just gargoyles. Yeah. Th- those are real things. And there's also another website, uh, Mothman investigator Lon Strickler. He compiles all the sightings on his website, Phantoms and Monsters. Yeah, he was interviewed recently in an article for Vice where he said, quote, the Chicago sightings are unlike anything he's seen in decades investigating alleged flying humanoid sightings. This group of sightings is historical in cryptozoology terms. For one, it's happening in an urban area for the most part, and that there are so many sightings in one period. He added that he believes there are at least three flying humanoids around Chicago due to the varied locations, the concentration in sightings, and the small differences in eyewitness testimonies. So here is the one point that he loves to get pissed off about when you bring up. All these sightings are directly given to him. And he refuses to give out any information about who they are or anything. So these are just things that people have called him and given to him. And when you say, can I talk to these people or can we investigate in any way? No. Well, so instead of getting that, getting any additional info from him, Vice went ahead and talked to uh, Dr. David A. Gallo, a uh, psychologist from the University of Chicago, whose mm-hmm. research deals primarily with memory, right. specifically how people quote, actively and sometimes inaccurately reconstruct the past, studying why people believe or are skeptics of paranormal psychic phenomena. Right, right. Which, you know, Lon is going to fall into the complete believer, and then this guy's, you know, looking into it. Yeah, and he's studying why people believe that. And he said in in reference to the Mothman, all of Lon's examples, it's a selective sample. Mm-hmm. When people are choosing to report sightings, the basis of data upon which your paranormal researchers are collecting is all self-reported. Right. He's not sampling random people and asking if they saw the Mothman. Yep. He's just counting the number of people who voluntarily came forward to report a sighting. And it's funny. So one of the things is people challenged him on that. So he came forward because he had a video that didn't show anything. But now, are you talking about Lon? Lon came forward. Yeah. And he goes, someone's like, well, where are the other people? And you see someone else like kind of pointing. Well, those people in the background definitely saw it. So it was obviously there. It's just a really there's no sign. It happened to be during the air and water show. <laughs> there's no scientific backing to anything he does. And you can't refute it because he refuses. And he says protecting these people. That's a really, really easy way to say, 
um, I refuse to to have my my work checked. Well, and Gallo Gallo talks about that a little bit. He said the people more likely to visit a paranormal centric website like Strickler's might also be more inclined to believe in and therefore witness the existence of a quote unquote Mothman. Yeah, ideas about the supernatural can be culturally transmitted and socially transmitted. When incidences of UFOs are reported in the media or represented in popular culture, more sightings happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, we've heard it called the Will Smith effect. Right. And that what that means is when um, Men, in Men in Black came out. All of a sudden. There's lots of UFO sightings. Yep. And I thought this was just a Fresh Prince thing where he came from one city to the other. Yeah. He's like, apparently. Yeah. From in West Philadelphia, born and raised. Now I fly around Sears Tower most of my day. Chill out, Max, and relaxed in Cicero. Speaking of Men in Black and Mothman, John Keel, who wrote the Mothman, Mothman prophecies. prophecies, he also coined the term Men in Black. He's the one who came up with that term in Sage Magazine, an article talking about UFO agents of terror. So they go hand in hand. So did Will Smith have to pay him money? I don't know. That's a good question. Yeah. To go along with that, Strickler does not buy the explanation from Gallo. He mm-hmm. said, quote, we have had very few cranks from what I can tell. Yeah. Uh, which sounds legit. Uh, which I think is pretty unusual. If the media would have picked up on this more than it has, I think we would have had more fraudulent sightings. Here's the thing. <laughs> Guess what? The media can't pick up on it because you will not share any or let anyone talk to the people that have given you these sightings. So guess what? That doesn't fly. Wait, wait. uh, Let me get this straight. You're trying to say that you believe that everything that you put out on your website is true. Uh, That's shocking. Just go to it and read it. It's shocking you would defend that. Yeah. How about that? And uh, guess what? You want to use scientific method to to, to try to prove this? That, That doesn't fly with me. You don't need that. I believe it. Also, see what I did there? Fly. So there are other explanations to this. You know, there's lots of things. What are some of the common ones, John, that people, if we're saying it's not an actual cryptid and it's something more natural? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the most common explanation that you've actually heard us reference earlier in the show is a large bird. I mean, the sheriff in Point Pleasant thought it was a bird. Right. I mean, a, a local biologist in West Virginia said it was it fit the Sandhill Crane perfectly, which is a large American crane. Almost as tall as a man with a seven-foot wingspan. And here's the kicker. It features circles of reddish coloring around the eyes. And that, and the bird may have wandered out of its migration route. And that's why they saw it. They see it there. It's not, it's not unheard of to see them there, but it's unheard of when you see something like that. You go, whoa, that's not normal, you know? And, and others have claimed, uh, Owls. Some have said turkey vultures. Uh, some people aliens. Yeah, you know, it, it definitely could be. But not reptilians, or Nazis, or Nazi reptilians. Weird. <laughs> it's true. We're out of our wheelhouse. Yeah, I don't even know what to do about it. But others, Here's a big Brent, one. Here's a big one, John. Yeah. They say it's the military. And so we wanted to go to the source. Mm-hmm. Is there any way that we could look into that and find out if there's true? Well... We got one for you. We actually talked to someone. Who did we talk to? Well, we reached out to a friend of the show, all-around great guy and Hysteria Nation member, Sergeant First Class Special Forces, retired Jeff Adamek. Yeah, if you've ever wanted to feel lazy, look at this guy's resume. Man, I always feel lazy, so I don't have to. You're in luck. (laughs) luck. Listen to this guy. So we're just going to tell you about what he did because... It's got some oomph behind it when he when he talks about this. Right. We're not just dealing with somebody who, you know, was in the Merchant right. Marines for, for six months. So Nothing Jeff, against the Merchant Marines. Right. Jeff entered the Army and trained to be a combat medic. He then volunteered for the Airborne and decided he wanted to go to jump school before being reassigned to the 82nd Airborne Division. 
He then later volunteered to attend the Ranger Indoctrination Program to hopefully finish and be assigned to the Army 75th Ranger Regiment. He spent the next few years in the 2nd Ranger Battalion before attending Special Forces Selection and then successfully trained to be a Green Beret. He finally graduated Special Forces training and was placed in the 3rd Special Forces Group. He then went on to serve six combat tours in Afghanistan and Iraq as a Green Beret and operating in classified and denied enemy-held areas. Meaning you can look up his his service, but most of it is redacted. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he was, he, get this, he was awarded a Silver Star for actions during the invasion of Iraq at the Battle of Debeka Pass and also acquired four Bronze Stars and an Army Commendation Medal for Valor during his total combined tours. In 2009, this is crazy. Yeah, purple he, Heart here. Yeah. Yeah. He was wounded during combat, sustaining a traumatic brain injury and broken back in four places when he was blown from his vehicle by an RPG. In 2013, he was medically retired from active duty. Which is funny. Like, I can keep going. Now you're gone. You're out. Yeah. You're you're falling apart. And and so you think, okay, that's the end of the story. Nope. Then he became an anti-terrorism agent for the Department of Homeland Security. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Uh, So he did that for a while. He eventually left to, to pursue a career in IT in the public sector and also began speaking for leadership and team building for veterans. He also, he hosts a podcast on the, uh, on the Change Your POV Network, uh, and as we mentioned, he works as an IT professional. And in case you are not exhausted yet, he's also a full-time student pursuing another degree. Yeah, he's got a pretty good resume, and one thing is... I'm he exhausted is, from reading that. He he talks to a lot of Special Forces people, and he has them on his show. He talks to them. He helps with PTSD and things like that. And he also he had a lot of exposure to things when he was in Special Forces. Right, and, and one Security. of the things that he did was he was in the Airborne Regiment. Jeff says there's a pretty normal explanation for the whole thing. That's a lot to say. Now, not to say that all of it can be combined, but a lot of it is. He's referencing an article from the February of 2014 issue of Soldier of Fortune, and he says the following. So the article claimed to explain the Mothman events in Point Pleasant, West Virginia in the 1960s as Special Forces Freefall Training, also called Halo High Altitude Low Opening. And Jeff says, I was a Halo trained and qualified jumper myself and served on a Halo team in the Special Forces. I validate and verified the article claims are absolutely correct and was also told the story by a retired Special Forces Halo member who is now an instructor at Halo School and said one night he was coming down off target over a road. This is in the 60s. Flew over a car that obviously was observing him. And this ended up being the famous teenage in the car fleeing Mothman. If you forget. Their military base was right there. They well, were the, the jump- formerly used military, which area. was still at that time. They still owned it. All the sightings were in close proximity to the explosions depot that was still in operation by the Department of Defense. It was still Department of Defense owned property and is still used for special operations training undisclosed to the public. Meaning we wouldn't know that they were still using exactly. it, but they were still using it. And he says the grave diggers who saw Mothman's first sighting can also be found in classified documents from the Defense Intelligence Agency that explains agents questioning them and others to try to keep control of the events. These are the men in black reports, meaning they saw things, they started reporting it, they sent out people to go, hey, hey, calm down, I'm talking about this. Boom. They started saying those were men in black just because they were military people going, we're doing some 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 weird crap over here. So he just he kind of goes on to describe Brent uh, how 
you might mistake one of these halo jumpers right. for the Mothman. He says a special forces freefall parachute is gray and at night can be observed by a civilian to look like wings. Mm-hmm. The men also wear gray or brown clothing and the jumper will be almost silent. And if it's audible, it would sound almost like the described whoosh or, or flapping, flapping of wings. Of, yeah, exactly. And here's the best part. The glowing red eyes. Well, guess what? The glowing eyes, he says, were chem light fluid used to help other jumpers identify their teammates in the air and will be green on the back and red on the front to help them to know the direction they are going if the jumper's coming at them or heading away from them. Red glowing eyes with just low visibility markers for the jumpers through their so eyes. They run their into lenses. each other. Yeah. Right. And this story that he he's talked to the guys that actually were there doing it. And the sol- we mentioned it was in Soldier of Fortune magazine. Yeah, the Special Operations. I'm it sorry. It also was published in Special Operations Command self-published internal magazine called Sinpari. If I'm saying that wrong, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, and so this is a basic confirmation from the Special Ops of all of those claims. And he said that it's funny. They laugh about this, like the, the, uh, the Airborne Regiment, because... It just got so blown out of proportion. It was one of these things. They weren't supposed to be seen. They blew off course. They got seen. They sent people out to go, hey, let's not talk about this because it's, you know, it's secret stuff. And then that becomes the men in black. Now, not to say that it's the only men in black, but that's really interesting that he's just like, I brought this up to him when I saw him. And he goes, oh, man, I know exactly. We laugh about that. That doesn't really describe the disasters. Now, the Point Pleasant Bridge, that one's pretty good um, with the the point one inch uh, defect. I don't think that the, the Mothman was making the disasters. People are saying they saw him beforehand. But that's what I'm saying is just like those jumpers weren't really they probably weren't jumping near the bridge or probably jumping towards the base and i bet you if you really get down to brass sacks no one saw mothman near that bridge but they thought they did they said it because like john said we're talking about that that psychologist right that it had kind of permeated the culture i saw a crane must have been mothman exactly let's go back to um the two couples Stephen mary mallet and linda and roger scarberry scarberry Let's assume, let's just play for a second. Let's assume that the military explanation is 100% correct and accurate, okay? So they're driving along, and they get the the bejeebus scared out of them mm-hmm. because a halo jumper, you know, mm-hmm. buzzed the car. Uh, maybe they saw more than one of them, mm-hmm. uh, and that would explain them thinking it flew back around. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now we have a plausible explanation. I'm following. I'm tracking. I get it. Right. Everything else that follows, you're like, well, well, that doesn't fit the halo jumper. Here's what here's what probably happened, assuming that the the military Mm. explanation is correct. The four of them know that they're going to sound crazy, right? Right. Uh, So anything else they can add to embellish the story or make it more like uh, (laughs) if I only have two points of information, I sound Looney Tunes. But if I have 10 I sound more plausible. Right. And that that's what that feels like to me. It's so convenient that everywhere they turned to me in that night, Mothman's there, Mothman's here. Oh, you were looking the other way, but we saw Mothman behind you, Sheriff. I'm sorry you never saw it. You're exactly <laughs> right. It, it, it seems like it's just all way too much. I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that, Ray? I, I just think if the Sheriff came out 
with that stuff the next day, wouldn't you think the military would come to him and say, hey, yo, don't. Well, that's probably it. why the, the he came out and said, it was just a bird, nothing to see here, because they probably told him, don't say it's the military. Or, and he shot it down. He did shoot it down. He did shoot it down. But the moment the story comes out, it's being, it's being talked about as a creature, not as a paramilitary exercise. Yeah. And if that's the case, then you're sitting there at, at military command going, good. Yeah. They're talking about a creature. They, they had no idea <laughs> that we were doing Halo jumps. Right. Just let it go. The point of this thing, and I think we can get it, we're never going to get down to did it exist or did it not. There are very plausible ways to describe. To, sure. to describe a lot of them. Well, Could it have been a, that wasn't me turning it down. No, that I was saying I was just using that as an uh, exercise. No, not at all. It could have been these halo jumpers. Then you see birds, all these things. People have it in your mind and you start seeing what you're thinking about. And that's what they're saying. And the problem is with, with Chicago and things like that, the people that come forward to these very, you know, off the beaten path sites know about those sites and come forward. We're also the But time, also in, in, in Chicago we didn't even we haven't talked about how they saw him at the Sears Tower, right? Yeah, yeah. and he, but here's the thing: we live at a time where everyone's got drones, and some of these drones they can put bodies on them, and they look like people flying. The guy down the street from us flew one that looked like a witch on Halloween. You know, it looked like a witch flying. Guess what? It's not beyond me to have people playing pranks and things like that. Think of how many UFO sightings these days are just drones with their lights and things. Oh, and, and we've had drones for a while. Mm-hmm. Remember when they were doing the disinformation with Paul Benowitz? Yes. A lot of those were drones. Wh- wh- which that- were different. But, yeah, th- those were like predator drones, but but different, you know. But absolutely. So you think the military didn't have these way, way before civilians well, the got them in their the hand? Technology. They, had a, they had a drone that could fly about that, that crashed. Yeah. You know? it, so here's the thing. I find it hard to 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 shake down these facts, and unfortunately, these people like with Lon Strickler, the people that come forward, you can't talk to them or test them because he doesn't allow that, and he gets very upset if you say that that's not the way it should be. But that's not the scientific way, right? So let's but, let's take this home. Let's go around the let's go around the table here in the lower fourth and say whether we believe that the Mothman is an actual cryptid. Or not. I'll, I'll start us out. These don't mean much. No, I do not believe so. I think it was misidentification. Probably something crazy misidentification. I would have thought it was crazy, too, if something I'd never heard of, you know, a halo jumper with red eyes flew over me. Then you start seeing these cranes or things like that. And you're you're looking for things to be out of the ordinary. And I think that's exactly what it was. Um, and now I think a lot of things can be faked and that's unfortunate. And I also think a lot of people make up stories for publicity and people see things because it's in their mind and they've been, how you sound like me over there. I know. Right. Part of me thinks that some of these, it is misidentification, but I kind of like the idea that there is a cryptid, um, that just, is is flying around and maybe warning us. Um, so I'm going to go with. But half. do you really think that the cryptids out there warning us that a bridge is going to collapse in 13 months? Um, do well, you believe that? I would. I would like to say yes, but no. All right, there, there, there's the answer. <laughs> I would like it too. I'd also like a solid gold shitter, but it's not in the cards. You know. <laughs> I mean, Brent, I, I want that over. Did you see that? Yeah, yeah. Right. Brent just had a Doctor Phil moment. <laughs> Do you really believe it? <laughs> John, 
<laughs> oh man, let's let's make it three for three. No, I don't I don't believe in the Mothman. That's not to say that I don't believe in cryptids. That's not to say that uh, you know the. The reasoning that you use, Brent, is really good reasoning, I think, and I rarely say that. <laughs> and it's funny. You can apply that to anything we talk about on this show, right? Um, but I think in this case, it really is people finding little strands of evidence and tying them together to fit the story. It is one of the greatest mysteries in the scientific world. Exactly. Uh, no, if you look all across, like, let's let's look at the UFO phenomena. And when I say UFO, I mean spaceships. I mean, I, I, technically a Mothman's a UFO, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. but I mean spaceships. There are thousands upon thousands upon thousands of sightings all across the world throughout time of this. Whether you believe in that or not, at least there's some more evidence at least there's some more things to take a look at and to examine with the mothman there are a handful and none of them match that's the other thing we talked about in our alien races episode about how how so often the alien they go find or the alien that they see that they all describe them the same it kind of comes out looking like a gray the Mothman has never been described the same way twice, except for they, they do include red eyes, which anything's eyes, when you shine a light on it, it might right. shine back red. Other than that... Like the, we just found out spiders, if you're on Hysteria Nation. I just found spiders' eyes shine. Exactly. So whether it... whether I mean, some people are saying it, it looks like a, a large owl. Other people are saying it's a 12-foot expanse of wings and on a huge man flying about. There, there's no consistency here. So you put that all together and no, I'm not buying this one. So that was a, that was a long roundabout. Nope. I agree with you guys. <laughs> no, no, you I know. No, I believe it was. It, it's, it's really true. It's, that it's Sorry, just, I uh, just needed to, I needed to verbalize what you guys meant to say. Yeah, exactly. There you have it. A nation. We're kind of, uh, we kind of poo pooed on this. I believe in some cryptids. We'll get to them. This one, not so much. And I believe that this is one of those things of, misidentification like you said but maybe we're wrong how can they tell us they can hop on hysteria nation go to facebook search hysteria nation that's where we have all these discussions the gentleman from the military jeff sergeant first class he's in hysteria nation yeah. and we're actually we're gonna have him on an upcoming yeah, he's coming episode. up uh, uh, uh should we say what it's gonna be on no no we're gonna Ooh, leave it as a secret a teaser for the people it's gonna be a two-parter though we haven't done one in a long time it is gonna be a two-parter but we're not going to disclose oh, what the topic ooh. is. So, yeah, also hop on Facebook.com slash Hysteria51pod. That's where you can hear this episode, all of our episodes. Don't forget Twitter, at Hysteria51pod. Lots of fun on there. Always posting something crazy. And speaking of crazy, crazy photos, Instagram. Love it. We're trying to be real active on there. I usually post a few photos a day. So we're, we're, we're being very active patreon.com slash hysteria 51 you can find extra after hours episodes of everything you can find radio dramas every week that i put out and we got a new person to the babels aaron and jamie babel they're new patreon subscribers thank you guys very much and if you want to hear yourself on the show, voicemail's the way to do it. 773-669-7277. Again, 773-669-7277. We have a voicemail, John. Woo! So here we go. Again, we don't listen to these prior. Hopefully this stays in the show. <laughs> <laughs> here we go. Okay, Brett. So it's our 
our our very frequent caller, this time not saying hi to anyone, just saying F you, Brent. Well, they're consistent. <laughs> it's a Bigfoot groaner. <laughs> we got some shout outs to do. John, speaking of the Babels. Yes. Uh, so Jamie Ray Yarncrafting is, is Jamie's yeah. uh, business. She does a ton of crochet work mm-hmm. and she did this awesome large tapestry i guess you'd call tapestry. it tapestry i prefer tapestry well you know um potato tomato yeah same thing it, it, with our logo on it it's amazing and hanging and and hanging in our backup studio yeah, right now soon to be our new studio yeah one day little, little teaser uh under construction and a real a real one a real construction yeah yeah not not just closing in a room and adding air conditioning in my attic this one's actually under construction so one day we'll have some pictures of that and we even have its own library in there for our ridiculous amount of alien books so that's fun i just hope mothman isn't flying around that area yeah right uh it's doom it's doom it'll be it'll be a problem so a huge shout out to jeff thanks for you know giving us the rundown and take that as you will you know he is a former member of the government so i'm sure he's full of shit and evil uh but uh (laughs) (laughs) but at least he served our country first. That's true. And yeah, so we do true. thank him for his yes. service. Then he served us with a big shit burger that they told him to give us. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, tell him those Halo jumpers. It'll get him. It is good. Good. <laughs> Mothman's next to him. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ray, Ray Walden, thanks for being on the show. Ray, Ray's a Berwinite like me. I, we're in the, the, the first suburb right side of Chicago. John's the first the, suburb of the lower fourth. Yeah. John, John's the, the Chicago proper. So, you know, we, we got, we got to get some, some local love out here so yeah we had ray on thanks for being on ray not a problem and uh ray uh he wanted mothman to be real he just can't even believe it himself see when i challenged him he gave up he should have told me to fuck off like you do can we rewind that then uh it's like when i want to believe that i've lost weight yeah yeah Yeah, i know i I did i took my shoes off and reweighed (laughs) wait hold on have i have i gone to the bathroom yet today i'm gonna redo this oh i got my underwear on that's a good seven pounds so i'm doing good i'm doing good (laughs) all right mothman so with that said i've been brent i've been ray i've been john he's been conspiracy but stay woke meat sex it was terrible it was just terrible That's it for another edition of Hysteria 51. John and Brent will be back next week with yet more of the unexplained, the unexplored, and the unheard of. Oh, if it's unheard of, how will they know about it? Anyway, if you want to suggest a topic, give us your thoughts, or just make fun of Conspiracy Bot, that's my favourite. Join us in our Facebook discussion group, Hysteria Nation. Just log on to Facebook and search Hysteria Nation, or you can always tweet us at Hysteria51Pod. You've been listening to a fourth-hand joint.